What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Second Door on the Left. This is your host, True House. We've got a fun-filled show planned for you. In the intro, I wanted to talk about Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, this past weekend, uh, in the loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, became the number two leading receiver for uh, yards. And he is now at 15,952, passing his good friend, Terrell Owens, who is now in third at 15,934. So 15,952 yards for Larry Fitzgerald. Only one man sits above him. That is the great one and only Jerry Rice at 22,895 yards. Wow. Never be broken. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, you did it the right way. You're still doing it the right way. It seems like you're out there every Sunday, man, giving it everything you got, win or lose, um, making plays, big catches, you know, big uh, runs after the catch. So uh, here's to you, Larry Fitzgerald. Wanted to devote the intro to you, man. So congratulations on that. Uh, as mentioned, uh, we got a lot to talk about. So let's stop talking about it and get to talking about it. Roll the music. Yep, Griswold's Thanksgiving vacation. Love it. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy November to you. We had some flurries today around town. It is November 14th. About 9.30 p.m. It was an interesting day. Got out of work early today. Still managed to get a run in, which was good. In the flurries. It was really awesome. Uh, the weather really wasn't that cold to where I couldn't run. And still daylight when I was when I got off. So uh, had a great had a great run. Three-mile run. It was awesome. Um, November is bringing snow. Can't remember the last time we had snow in November around here, but it is what it is. I'm loving it. Uh, so once again, happy Thanksgiving to you, the listener. I'm behind on the movies. One movie I talked about is the as early as season two premiere, Bohemian Rhapsody. Had to let you know that I haven't seen it yet still. So got to make plans to do that. Um, the wife and I need to, need to get out there and see it because vast, fastly approaching is Creed 2. Creed 2 is going to be an awesome movie. I already can tell. So I need to get Bohemian Rhapsody in before Creed 2 because uh, I'd hate to do that. I'm hearing good things about Bohemian Rhapsody and um, I really want to see it. So the wife and I got to make plans to see it soon um, before we miss our chance to see it on the big screen, probably out in Collierville again because I got to get down. I got to double down on some of that uh, Diamond Bear Double two-term IPA, whatever it was called. That was good stuff. Um, we've got a lot to talk about, as mentioned. Uh, let's jump right into last week's football action. Last week in football, I was 5-2 and two in the SEC. Thank you, Tennessee, for knocking off Kentucky. I had a feeling that they would play up in this game, in that game against Kentucky. I still went with Kentucky and uh, lost bad. So Tennessee got me there. And uh, the other game, I picked the upset, South Carolina and Florida. And if my memory serves me correctly, South Carolina was up 31-14, 31-17 for sure in that game. And Florida stormed back to beat them. Uh, so I lost that game. Other than that, uh, I was 5-0 minus those two. So not bad, but, you know, not really where I want to be. In the NFL, 10-4. 
in the NFL. My four losses were the Browns. They upset the Falcons, the Titans. Kudos, Titans. They upset the Patriots in a big win, 34 to 10. Uh, the other ones, uh, I did pick the Eagles over the Cowboys. They showed up against their, their division rivals. The Cowboys did and got a huge win. Uh, and then the other one was the Monday night game. I did pick the hometown San Francisco 49ers and the Giants. The Giants with Eli and Odell and Saquon went into the Bay Area and came out with a win. So those were my four losses, 15 and six on the weekend. Not too bad, but uh, looking to improve on that uh, later in the show when I make my picks, I'll let you know. So uh, where to start? Let's start with the Alabama-Mississippi State game. And I'm just going to say that, no, I don't think Mississippi State would have came out of there with a win, even if they challenged the fumble on the opening uh, – the drive and they get the ball. Say they even score or get a field goal, you know, touchdown or a field goal. Uh, even with that going their way, even with the phantom blocking the back – if that's reversed going their way, uh, if they score a touchdown, I have to say I still feel like Alabama would have done what they needed to do to get out of there with a win. Uh, Mississippi State did not have a perfect game. You can look at those two plays as, yes, the officials should have stopped pl- the uh, the play on the fumble and challenged it, rewarding Mississippi State the football. Um, you can say the officials blew the call, which he did on the phantom block in the back. But at the same time, there were there was a muff punt. Uh, there were drop passes. Um, there was just there's just not enough done. Really not enough done on Mississippi State's part, even with the other stuff out of their control with the officials. Even with that going on, I truly feel like Mississippi State still didn't do quite enough to convince me that minus those two plays uh, where the officiating was involved. Uh, I still don't think they would have been able to pull out a win. That's just my thoughts. But I really am – I'm just scratching my head at why Joe Moorhead did not challenge the fumble, but I was reading an article, and uh, there is a about a 10-second – let me explain this right. There is time that we have as the viewer – at home on the TV with the instant replay that the coach down there in real time does not have, if that's making any sense. Uh, apparently it was more of a, uh, apparently they, they, we were able to get the replays that they were not what it boiled down to. I don't know. It sounds kind of fishy. Um, I still think in that situation, um, it looks like the, the ball had come out early I think in that situation, if you're Joe Moorhead, you got to go all in and throw the flag or you know, call a timeout and have them and give them more time to look at it. You got to do whatever you got to do right there to get that ball for your team in an early, early mistake by Alabama and do what you can to capitalize on it. Because that's the only way you're going to beat Alabama. They're going to make mistakes and you're going to capitalize on them. Other than that, they're just going to do what they do and they're just going to keep rolling. They rolled. It was 24 to nothing. So it is what it is. The self-proclaimed number one fan, Matt Harding, was there. Um, I was actually able to talk to him on the phone at halftime. Sounded like he was having a great time, (laughs) as you can imagine. So happy for him. And um, 
Yep, Alabama just stays rolling. So uh, Mississippi State came in there, fought hard, but ultimately not enough, and uh, they dropped to six and four on the season with two left to go. Uh, what's next? NFL, pretty crazy weekend with the NFL. Uh, you've already I've already made mention of Larry Fitzgerald, so you've already heard that. Uh, how about the Jacksonville kicker? I did pick the Colts. The Colts held on and won by. Three points, 29 to 26. The Jacksonville kicker missed his first field goal of the year, and that was the difference in the game. So the Colts, a big win. They've got another big divisional game coming up. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, but they had the Titans coming to town, so that should be a great game. I really wanted to hit on that. I also wanted to hit on the fact that Doug Peterson, uh, after the Eagles' surprising loss to the Cowboys, said that he does feel like there is some added pressure going on with his players following the Super Bowl last year. Uh, they call it a Super Bowl hang- hangover for a reason, you know, whatever it may be, complacency, or in this case uh, with the Eagles, added pressure, uh, undue pressure that they're putting on themselves internally, which is leading, which has led to their uh, four and five record, I do believe is what they are. And, uh, they played the Saints this weekend, so it doesn't get much easier. Speaking of the Saints, I have to uh, I have to spend a moment recapping the Cincinnati game because it was one of the most one of the most flawless games I've seen the Saints play in the Sean Payton Drew Brees era. They had let's see let me let me get my let me get my stuff in order here. Let's just start with the the big stats. 244 yards rushing, 265 yards passing. Uh, Drew Brees was phenomenal, 22 of 25, uh, four touchdowns, I believe. Um, He passes Brett Favre for second most touchdown passes. So congratulations, Drew Brees. He now sits uh, 30 touchdowns behind the sheriff himself, Peyton Manning, all goes to plan. He stays healthy. I see him breaking that record sometime, probably about this time next year, honestly, uh, from where what he's on pace for for the remainder of the year and then on into next year. So about this time next year, Drew Brees should be passing Peyton Manning for most touchdown passes of all time. Very cool. Um, just an awesome all-around game. The They only had one penalty. They committed one penalty all game. They did not punt. The Saints scored on nine of their 10 possessions. And on the 10th possession, they lined up in the victory formation and ran the clock out. Teddy Bridgewater actually was in the game by then. He actually played a few series in replacement of Drew Brees, whose day was done. I don't even think he saw the fourth quarter. But great game against a depleted Bengals team, let's be honest, okay? No A.J. Green, you know, so no spark really on offense like they're used to having. A.J. Green is a legitimate wideout. Uh, he's one of the best in the game. Uh, no Vontez Perfect. You can say what you will about his style of play with the late hits and the uh, the unnecessary roughness penalties, but that dude adds an attitude to that defense that they were sorely lacking. They had no answer for Drew Brees and the Saints. Uh, 
They also had uh, another linebacker out whose name escapes me at the moment, but they were depleted and it showed. It showed. They are also, the Cincinnati Bengals are, they are also uh, down one fire alarm. I don't know if you heard this, but there was, <laughs> there were fire alarms going off in the stadium in Cincinnati leading up to uh, kickoff. And after about 15 minutes, Sean Payton got tired of it and he smashed he smashed the fire alarm in the Saints locker room so he could, as he quoted, was quoted as saying, uh, you know, get the distraction out of there, man. He needed some quiet. So he needed his team focused and focused they were. I will tell you this. The signs are there for this team. I'm loving everything I'm seeing from this team as far as the unity, as far as uh, the complete just one mission philosophy, you know, they're saying all the right things in the locker room. They're, they're executing the plays. Sean Payton is dialing plays up at, uh, at, I mean, in just amazing fashion, this may be his best play calling of his career. Uh, even better than the Super Bowl year. They're running the ball effectively. They're uh, throwing the ball effectively. Drew Brees has all day to throw and this offensive line which I didn't even I, – I, it escaped me last episode, and I really didn't even get to dive into this offensive line like I should have. But this offensive line for the New Orleans Saints is playing out of their minds right now. They are one just, – just too much to handle for defenses so far. Uh, they're just too much. One, one unit out there playing, and uh, they have a wall around Drew Brees when they're passing. They have holes created for these running backs. Uh, they have they are sprinting downfield, picking up blockers on the screen game. That pa- uh, screen play to Mark Ingram, which was about a 32-yard touchdown pass, something like that. Uh, you see Larry Warford, Warford hustling downfield uh, after a after an Andrews Pete pancake block that just sprung the whole thing. These guys are playing out of their minds. I have to give them by name. Uh, Teron Armstead, Larry Warford, Max Unger, uh, Andrews Pete, and Ryan Ramchick. Uh, you are, you're playing out of your minds, guys. Uh, Teron Armstead did, did go down with a shoulder injury and in steps Jermon Bushrod, uh, the former Saint, the former Pro Bowl Saint, the former Super Bowl champion, New Orleans Saint. He stepped in Teron's Armstead's shoes and filled them very admirably. And I have to say this because it just broke my heart when I read this. Uh, This guy lost his newborn baby girl uh, not four or five weeks ago. And uh, he's out there doing everything he can. And he solely thanks and gives all the credit to his teammates for helping him get through this tough time. So Jamon Bushrod, our prayers are with you, man. Uh, This is just tragic and awful news, and these are the times we don't really understand God's plan, but it is part of a plan. So, oh, man, just just heart goes out, dude. You played great Sunday, filling in for Teron Armstead. Hopefully, Teron won't be back, uh, won't be out long, and we'll be we'll be back sooner rather than later because he was playing at a very elite level, and that goes for this entire offensive line. This offensive line, as Drew Brees says, is uh, the best in the league. And uh, multiple players going on record saying that they are the heart of this team. And I believe it. I believe it. The defense had some big plays. They were able to force 
uh, some turnovers and some huge stops against Cincinnati. But this offensive line is doing things. This offense is doing things at an alarming rate. 36.7 points per game. 36.7 points per game. And to kind of piggyback off of my wide receiver argument about why I'm not very worried about uh, the Saints offense short of receivers, minus the injury. Now, if the injuries continue piling up, that's not good. But here's, here's what's good. Here's what's good about the Saints receiving core now. Uh, they have Brandon Marshall. They have Brandon Marshall, and the dude is going to do good things for us. Not that Des Bryant wouldn't have, but I like Brandon Marshall. I like him, I like him fitting into our offense a little better, and here's why. The dude's 6'5", 230, 235. All right? He's, he's a beast. And if you plug a guy like that in – who is a red zone threat, who is a third down conversion threat, who is just a a big enough threat to take away eyes off of Michael Thomas, who is saying all the right things after uh, the whole cell phone $30,000 fine. This dude basically just came out and said, he's already stated before that he wants to be one of the best to ever play the game. He, he, he went on record as saying after the game Sunday that he's just on, he's trying to do everything he can to honor the future Hall of Famer, uh, Drew Brees. Him and Drew Brees are, are on the same page. It's crazy. The dude catches almost everything thrown his way. So uh, the receivers are going to be okay. I love the Brandon Marshall edition. I love the fact that Keith Kirkwood, the practice squad call up, had two big catches. I love that Austin Carr had two big catches. I love the fact that Traquan Smith, the number two receiver, did not get a single target all day, and the Saints were able to put up put up 52 points, 35 points in the first half. It's crazy. Oh, uh, not to mention Sean Payton going on record as saying that Ted Ginn Jr. should be back in time for the first of two matchups against his former team, the Carolina Panthers. He does anticipate him being back week 15. That's going to be a huge boost to this team. Tommy Lee Lewis isn't far away either. That's going to be another wrinkle for this offense. So um, looking good for my saints. Again, the signs are there, man. The signs are there. And if you, uh, and I'm, I'm talking about just the, the camaraderie with the guys, the unity, the hustle, and then them throwing up the X's in honor of Des Bryant. Mark Ingram did it. Alvin Kamara did it. Michael Thomas did it. And then the uh, well, the, the defense, a couple of members of the defense did it. I know Lattimore did it and one other, I can't remember, uh, after the turnover, after the 70-whatever-yard interception return by uh, my guy Marcus Williams to set up that, that fifth touchdown of the first half. Um, and then Michael Thomas did it after he caught the, the touchdown, a play later, right there before halftime. So uh, honoring Des Bryant, uh, just a short, just a sh- you know, a short stint, but he made an impact. And this this just show tells me what kind of group of guys is in this locker room, uh, high class guys that the Saints have uh, to just show some love to really uh, as they view it, a fallen comrade already. So. 
uh, a guy that didn't really get to contribute anything to the football team, but uh, he would have if he had been able to. Brandon Marshall, you get the call. You're going to step right in there. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I look forward to the experiment. The guy has never been in a playoff game, and he's he's on his 13th season. I believe this is 12th or 13th. Never seen a playoff game before in his life, and uh, if he can just stay healthy, stay healthy, uh, he should break that streak as the Saints are sitting at an 8-1 and one mark. So – Let's see. Anything I need to discuss in regards to this past weekend? Oh, yeah. Uh, I made mention of that score right before halftime. In the last four games, the Saints have scored six touchdowns in the last two minutes of the first half. Think about that. Last four games, six touchdowns in the last two minutes. Just awesome stuff. They always keep the the pedal to the metal. Sean Payton's not messing around. Drew Brees is not messing around. They know what I know. They know that this is the year they have an awesome opportunity. And, uh, I mean, the fact that Will Lutz, the kicker, knock on wood, is 19 of 20 for this year, he's doing awesome. Uh, A steady field goal kicker is crucial to a Super Bowl winning team. You'll never be able to convince me of that otherwise. All good teams have a good kicker, and the dude's been rock solid, 19 of 20. So great job to you, Will Lutz. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see how teams start playing the Saints as this uh, winning streak has now reached eight games, and uh, the Saints get the Eagles next. The Eagles, the defending Super Bowl champions, come to town. It's going to be very interesting to see at how the Eagles respond to that game where they really did not look that great against the Cowboys. A uh, couple of mistakes that uh, they could not really re- rebound from. So they're going to be hungry. They're going to be hungry. They're four and five, and they need to get on the ball uh, in a hurry because we are past the halfway point, and next Thursday we are uh, – right at a week away from Thanksgiving. And if you ask a lot of veteran players, that's when the season starts. Season starts after Thanksgiving. So here we are on the cusp of that. And, uh, yeah, teams are going to start, you know, separating themselves, showing their true identities here in this, these last couple weeks of November, as we head into the final week, uh, final month, excuse me, of the regular season. So I have to say that, uh, I have to give kudos. I may mention them. Kudos to the Tennessee Titans. Mike Vrabel with the formula to beat his former team. And, uh, man, they just ran. They, they, they ransacked the Patriots. They were applying pressure all day from what I could tell. I didn't get to watch it because the Saints were playing at the same time. But uh, huge win for the Titans. Huge win for the Titans. They have now beaten both the Super Bowl contenders from last year. Uh, so great job. They're starting to play play good. Marcus Mariota is starting to get his uh, groove back with uh, from an injured thumb, starting to get more grip on the ball. And that ball he threw Corey Davis in the uh, corner of the end zone where uh, he almost touched the sky. That was beautiful. Beautiful throw, Marcus Mariota. Wish you the best. Um, so that was big. That was big. Anytime that the a team can beat the Patriots when I don't think they'll they when I didn't pick them to beat the Patriots, 
I have to give kudos, all right? So good job to them. Let's see, what else? Let's do a plug. Have you been to Liquidations Plus lately? If you haven't, you need to go check us out. We are gearing up for an awesome Black Friday and Black Saturday next week. So make sure you stay tuned to our Facebook page. We'll be doing a post real soon and see exactly what kind of deals we're going to have. We always have amazing deals. Uh, come check our bins out. You can always find some good stuff, some good Christmas uh, presents for all your loved ones at a very great price. Uh, check our shelf items out. We range from, from food to protein to drinks to pets to cleaning supplies, uh, baby food, baby wipes. Uh, we have some hardware items, uh, stuff for your car. We've got two boxes full of, of uh, paintballs. We've got a lot of cool stuff, man. If you haven't been, you need to come check us out. We're at Olive Branch. We're in Olive Branch. We have a location there. We're also in Hernando. We have a location there. Check out our Facebook page, Liquidations Plus, for more details. Like us, follow us, and you will get updates daily about what our deals will be. Already half off retail price when they hit the shelves. And sometimes we even discount them lower than that. Yeah, we're crazy. But we love our customers and we love saving people money and you're going to love shopping with us. So Liquidations Plus, check us out. Uh, Olive Branch, Hernando, or on our website at liquidationsplus.com. All right. Well, I've uh, rehashed this past weekend, I do believe. I don't think I have any more notes to review and then proceed to scratch off after I talk about them. So, um, but before we make our picks for this weekend, before before I give you my picks for this weekend, I need to talk about one thing in particular, and that's The Walking Dead and this past episode. I'm excited to see the Whisperers finally. They are they were they appeared in the very end of this previous episode, and it's going to be awesome. If you are a Walking Dead fan and you have not read the comics and you are still kind of wondering what exactly you're going to see, you're going to see some serious shit. I'm just telling you. All right, it's coming. <laughs> when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, which it will this Sunday with the whispers, you're going to see it. All right, I guarantee you. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. There will be blood. I uh, don't know if they're going to – look, characters are going to die. Characters are going to die. I think I've already said it, but uh, I don't know if it's going to be the same characters that they killed off in the comics. It may be, but characters are going to die and probably this season because there's only two episodes left. And I think they're really going to go out with a bang. I think I have an idea of where they're going to leave off uh, in the midseason finale. Uh, I have a strong feeling of where they're going to leave off and it's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. So make sure you're tuning in for that. Um, what other TV are you watching? What other stuff do you have going on that I'm missing out on? Because I still need to watch the season finale of Snowfall. I haven't watched it yet. I've been saving it, but uh, I think it's time. I think I'm going to check it out uh, here in the next day or two. I'll let you know how that went. But yeah, what are you listening to? Give me some feedback. Like our uh, Anchor page. That's the best way to listen to us, man. Download Anchor and that way you can leave some voice messages. And uh, if you leave a voice message, I will include it on the next podcast. All right. And we'll have some fun with it. And uh, as always, if you want to be on the show, reach out to me and uh, we'll schedule a time, a meet and greet. Maybe even if not, we can just, you know, converse through the Anchor app. Another awesome thing that the Anchor app does. You can just call up and it's like you're having a 
normal conversation over the phone so that I, we can we can turn into a podcast and uh, it'll be in the SDOTL canon forever. Judith Grimes in The Walking Dead. I love this casting choice. The uh, fellow actors of the show love this casting choice. They're raving about this this little girl. So uh, I think Judith Grimes is an amazing character and they're doing what they can to uh, replace Carl with her. And I think it's going to work out. I think it's going to work out seeing her, her dad, uh, seeing her wear her dad's hat, which was uh, mainly worn by Carl, her brother. And then for her to have his gun, it's just awesome, man. So I think they're still carrying on the Grimes legacy. And uh, oh, what do you know? Michonne and Rick were able to conceive. Michonne has a little boy that uh, I guess saves her life because Magna was there to kill her. I guess Magna is. It seems a little slow so far. She's she. I don't really understand her thinking, but uh, hopefully she uh, can get right in a hurry. But uh, they are on their way to a hilltop. No Maggie. I guess we'll get our uh, Lauren Cohan update this episode Sunday night. But I'm guessing that Jesus is the leader at the hilltop. So, but we will see. Uh, Walking Dead. Only two more episodes this year before the uh, midseason finale, or before the the break that they take over Christmas. So, only two more episodes to go. It's going to be fun. Let's see here. SEC picks for this weekend. We've got a lot of SEC teams playing uh, their last non-conference games. We have a lot of those. Uh, One of them that is not is Arkansas at Mississippi State. Uh, I'm going to take Mississippi State all day. Mississippi State still still is uh, inside the top 25. Number 21, 6-4 against 2-8 Arkansas. Uh, Mississippi State is a 21-point favorite in this game, and I expect them to uh, have a big game. You know, hopefully they're they're not too hurt from last week's game, and uh, they come out with the right mindset. They come out uh, in the right way and just start to lay down and enforce their will. You know, just just start beating Arkansas and beating them early and often because you don't want to let a team like Arkansas, who's there for one reason. And one reason alone, and that's to play spoiler. You don't want to let a team like that hang around because they will beat you. So state needs to come out. They need to pull some. Uh, they need to pull some stuff out in a hurry and get up on them and uh, give Arkansas really no reason to want to keep fighting in this game because you don't want to let a team like that have a fighting chance because they can sneak up on you and before you know it, the clock has struck triple zeros and you are on the losing end. So give me Mississippi state in this game and a big win. The Citadel at Alabama. Give me Alabama, Idaho at Florida, number 13, Florida. Give me Florida, middle Tennessee state visiting the number 17 Kentucky Wildcats coming off that tough loss. Pretty, pretty tough loss. Looks like, Look like Tennessee had a uh, pretty good handle on that game the entire time. Uh, they are coming off that loss. I expect them to get back into the, their winning ways, uh, at least for this week. I like them over middle Tennessee. Missouri at Tennessee. Missouri coming in six and four. Tennessee five and five. Is this the week Tennessee becomes bowl eligible? It's a great question. 
And I'm going to say it's not. I'm going to say Missouri keeps them from going bowl eligible, becoming bowl eligible for one more week. And possibly Tennessee could beat Vanderbilt next week to get that sixth win. But we shall see. I do. I am picking uh, Missouri in this game. I do like them to win and a, a close one on the road. Uh, UMass at Georgia. Uh, give me Georgia. Liberty at Auburn. Give me Auburn. UAB at Texas A&M. Give me Texas A&M. Rice at number seven LSU. Give me LSU. Chattanooga at South Carolina. Give me South Carolina. And then uh, uh, an interesting game right here. Ole Miss at Vanderbilt. Ole Miss is uh, five and five on the year. Vanderbilt is four and six. So they would need to win this game at home against Ole Miss and then win the game next week against Tennessee to become bowl eligible. Uh, I want to pick Vanderbilt. I really do, but I, I, I can't do it. I think I'm going to, I think Ole Miss is going to find a way to win on the road and they, uh, they win in a close one against Vanderbilt getting that sixth win, but uh, they are, not going bowling because they are under uh, discipline for recruiting violations and what have you from the freeze era. So I do like them in this game, though, uh, in a toss-up, but I'll, I'll take the Rebels in that one. Tomorrow night's game, Thursday night, NFL action. Uh, pretty good one. Packers at Seahawks. A lot of interesting storylines with uh, what with – Previous uh, matchups that the Packers and Seahawks had have had in recent memory. Uh, a couple playoff games, the uh, fail Mary Monday night game uh, a couple years ago when the replacement refs were in full effect. So there's going to be a lot of subplots in this game, but ultimately it boils down to can the Packers run the ball? If the Packers can run the ball against Seattle, who hasn't been stopping the run that well this season, uh, if they can run the ball, then Aaron Rodgers is going to do what he does through the air, and they're going to win. I expect them to do just that. I expect them to run the ball just enough in a hostile environment in a game which could very well be an NFC elimination game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers. I'm going to go with the Packers. In a, in a in a big win on the road up uh, up at the twelfth man, so give me them to uh, pull out a close one by running the ball just enough for Aaron Rodgers to do his thing and hit some big plays. Uh, Sunday, Cowboys at Falcons. I have to pick the Falcons. I have to pick the Falcons at home. Uh, very well, a uh, an elimination game for the Falcons. If they lose, this will be number six. And I really don't see the NFC, an NFC team getting in that has less than a 10 and six record. I really don't. It's a, it's a pretty loaded conference this year. I just don't see a nine and 17 getting in. I could be wrong, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, I think the Falcons have to have this one. They have to bounce back uh, from that, you know, pretty, pretty dismal uh, effort. They, they took up to Cleveland last week. Uh, but at home, back at home, give me give me the Falcons to beat the uh, Cowboys in a and and a three headed monster of former Alabama receivers. You have 
Amari Cooper going to be in town with his new team, the Cowboys. Uh, and he's going to be seeing Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones on the other side. So three top flight receivers off from the University of Alabama. Should be a fun game, uh, the 12 o'clock game. Panthers at Lions is the next game. The Lions showed a flash. Uh, they did beat the Patriots on Sunday night, and they have just been inconsistent, to say the least, since then. I like the Panthers in this game to bounce back from that shellacking, shellacking they took uh, last Thursday night in Pittsburgh, giving up, what, a 50-burger of their own. So two 50-burgers scored this weekend, uh, one by the by the Steelers against the Panthers and then the Saints against the Bengals. So uh, I like the Panthers to bounce back. Titans at Colts. This is an interesting one. The Colts, another divisional game, another divisional team uh, rival coming into their house. I don't think they get out of this one with the win like they did against Jacksonville. I think the Titans, I don't expect a letdown from them beating uh, a team like the Patriots in the way they did. Uh, It could very well happen, but I I have to have faith that uh, the Titans will just take that next step after a huge win against the Patriots last week. And they will, they will beat the Colts again this week. So barring a letdown, which is possible, uh, the Titans should win this game. I have them winning. Buccaneers at Giants. I like the Bucs. I like the Bucs. I think they're going to have too much offensively for the Giants. Give me the Bucs in that game. Texans at Redskins. This was a tough one. I like the Texans. Uh, I just don't know if I like the Texans enough on the road in this game. The Washington Redskins should pull this game out. Uh, it'll be a close one, though. Steelers at Jaguars, a rematch of that crazy, crazy divisional round game uh, last year in the playoffs uh, where the Jaguars won. But I like the Steelers in this uh, this this round because the Jaguars, as I have mentioned, just not seeing what I saw last year. Nah, nobody is. So give me the Steelers uh, in a tough game. I think the Jaguars will use this game as a – as a measuring stick of sorts and uh, a last-ditch effort attempt to get back to relevance because they're they're fading fast. Uh, but I still like the Steelers to pull it out. Bengals at Ravens in a matchup of AFC North rivals. Give me the home team, Ravens. Uh, I think with A.J. Green out again with the Bengals, um, I just don't know, man. I just don't. I just don't have enough faith in them to uh, go on the road. Uh, against the Ravens. So I'll take the Baltimore Ravens to pull that one out. Uh, Raiders at Cardinals. I like the uh, Cardinals in that one. Uh, Broncos at Chargers. Give me the Chargers. Vikings at Bears. Good matchup there. Give me the Bears. Chiefs at Rams. I like the Chiefs in this game. It's going to be a crazy game. Right there, a uh, lot to lot to see, but I like the Chiefs to beat the Rams in a close one. And then my Saints over the Eagles, uh, 3.30 game on Fox. Who that? We're going to be 9-1. and I sure hope so. The Eagles are going to bring everything they have, uh, but I like the Saints to pull it out at home. Uh, the crowd's going to be electric as always. 
I expect them to be in full force, and we're going to do enough to win the game. Well, sorry about that. Technical difficulty, season one style. Uh, <laughs> actually, I just didn't have enough juice on the old laptop out here, so uh, we went dead for a little while. Went into the abyss. It's all good, though. We're back. So I definitely wanted to close out this episode a little stronger uh, than what was just demonstrated, where uh, I was quick, went through the last few games very quickly, and then uh, lost you. So, but we're back. I do want to hit on these two games uh, towards the end here. Uh, the first one being uh, the Chiefs and the Rams, which is the Monday night game originally scheduled to be in Mexico City, but due to uh, poor weather conditions or you know poor weather that led up to the poor field conditions, they have uh, decided to take that game to LA uh, for a home game, an official home game for the Rams. So. While that will be uh, a big advantage for the Rams, I honestly do feel like that the Chiefs are going to do just enough, have one more explosive play maybe, or make one more stop on defense. That pass rush of theirs is really coming on strong. And as the Saints demonstrated a couple weeks ago, if you can, uh, throughout the game, apply pressure then uh, golf is going to make a mistake, and uh, they're susceptible. So they're going to do that, I do believe, and the Chiefs will get out of there uh, with a very big win, which as long as the Saints handle business Sunday afternoon, then the Saints will be in sole possession of the NFC, uh, first place in the NFC, with the tiebreaker over the Rams as well. So I, I don't, I'm not going to pick against the Rams probably the rest of the year. They have a, a pretty weak schedule. Uh, I'm going to pick against them this week. So give me the Chiefs in that game. Uh, the Saints-Eagles, I really do feel like, uh, once again, I do feel like that the Eagles are going to bring their best game. I think they're going to have a very bad taste in their mouth from what they demonstrated uh, on the field this past Sunday night against the Cowboys. And they're going to be looking at uh, turning their season around. And what better way to do that than to go into uh, a hostile environment uh, on the road in the Superdome against a team that has rattled off eight straight wins. There's no better way to do it. There's no better way to get uh, your confidence back. And the Eagles are going to bring it. I really do believe that. And the Saints defense better be ready for just about anything. So uh, our pass rush needs to keep taking strides in the right direction. They did have four sacks against Cincinnati uh, and two turnovers for So they need to keep that going. Uh, just continue putting that offense out on the field and uh, – at the rate they're scoring, they're they're almost unbeatable. So, uh, look for the Eagles to really play spoiler and uh, you know do everything they can to try to get out of New Orleans with a win somehow. But I think the Saints are going to have too much. So I do like my boys in that game uh, to get the winning streak up to nine on this season, which would be awesome. 
yeah, sorry. Way to get through that uh, technical difficulties, man. If you're still listening, thank you for the dedication. Um, but uh, won't happen again, I assure you. I can't. I can't say that. It might happen again, but uh, I had to throw it back to season one uh, on the technical difficulty side. So, thank you for listening again. Uh, well over 2,500 all-time plays now and climbing. So the support has been there, especially in the last uh, four or five days. There's been a nice spike. So um, awesome. Uh, just. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate you listening to the podcast and I hope you continue to listen to it. So uh, feedback would be awesome. That'd be great. Uh, Voice messages through Anchor. You know, I'll make them a part of the show. Uh, If you want to be on the show at any time in the future, let me know. Uh, But we got a lot of good things planned ahead for season three. So uh, for this uh, fun-filled episode, we're going to call it a wrap, okay? Uh, Y'all take care of each other. God bless. Uh, Be nice. And uh, again, thanks for the support. God bless once again. We out. Peace. Yeah, I thought about not even doing an outro, but then I was like, you know what? Why not? Okay. So I just wanted to give you a heads up on uh, future episodes. I've got a couple of topics I'm going to do special episodes on, stuff that I want to kind of talk about, uh, much in the same vein as uh, the Goosebumps books, how they had, how it had its own show. There's a couple of things I got lined up outside of the world of football, uh, which is, uh, you know, you're getting a heavy dose of it. It's football season. It is what it is. We got some more surprise guests coming up soon. A uh, handful of them. We're going to get them on, them on on season three. Um, we're just going to keep rolling along, man. Y'all just keep coming through the door, okay? Second door on the left. Outro. Have a good one. Take care. Later.